The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me today is the other host of the show, Tag. Hello, Jimmy Klein. Hello, Tag Van Sickle. <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break the bunch down one episode at a time. What we do, Tag, as you yeah. know, mm-hmm. we take the episode, mm-hmm. we break it down. Mm-hmm. We decide we decide to write a synopsis about it, oh. only for our own benefit and personal gain. Oh. Then only to admit that it was all just a snow job, and none of it was true. <laughs> all for your enjoyment. <laughs> we do be doing that. We do be doing. We that. do be doing that. <laughs> On today's episode, we look at season three, episode nineteen, entitled "The Power of the Press." If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to. But it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access. Oh, Tack, you know what I was going to tell you real quick? What's that? I was going to tell you I ordered this new piece of gear. You know where I ordered it from? Hmm. On Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. <laughs> we're going to fit that in way in some way. Oh, or we're another. fitting it in. By the way, Jimmy- Amazon Prime is going to call us and either ask for us to sponsor them, or for them to sponsor us, or they're just going to ask us to stop. Well, they're just going to want to give us free shit. They'd be like, can we give you more free gear? And we're like, I guess. I think the next time one of us orders something, we need to try to get the Amazon guy to do it. Just be like, we got this podcast, right? And we say it a certain way. Can we get you to say Amazon Prime? Like, Oh, you know. that'd be fun. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> hey, by the way, in this episode, I don't want you to call me Tack anymore. I want you to call me Scoop. Scoop? Okay. <laughs> Is that kind of like poop? <laughs> Like Never poop. mind. I don't want you to call me Scoop. No. Poop Van you ruined it. But you got to say it with a German accent because that makes it funny. Poop Van <laughs> You made Sorry. it. You made it weird. Never mind. Did I? Oh, okay. <laughs> so how has your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, good. Been, Fine as yeah. wine, kind of chatty. You know what I mean? <laughs> as always. <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm. Mine's been pretty good. Thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Oh, well, I was going to, but I thought you were going to add on to something. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. Hey, so um, Jimmy, like, yes, sir. How's your week been? Oh, thanks for asking. My week has been, <laughs> my week has been pretty good. Can't really complain. That's cool. Yes, <laughs> you're like that girl in this episode. <laughs> which one? I know which one. You know. The, <laughs> it's like the first one. She was terrible. Me and my son were watching it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then yeah. I paused it. I was like. Why is every extra on here with lines terrible? But then, like, the second kid was okay, and, the, and that black girl at the end, she was actually pretty good. I was like, oh, okay. Why is it that they just find these amazing black girls in this show? <laughs> That's this is the exact like, conversation I have with my son today. I was like, okay, pause. Because he never sits and watches an episode with me, but he happened to with this one. And I told her about the girl from that other episode. I forgot. Right. I forgot what episode it was, but yeah. And how, how amazing she was, and how come we never saw her again on the show? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I thought about that too. I'm like, 
man, they just really hit it out of the park with these black kids, man. <laughs> really, mm-hmm. And all the white kids suck really bad. Yeah, I really do like how they integrate. Um, they show a lot, of, even the, the diversity, they show a lot. Like They do, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and which is really cool. It's kind of forward thinking for back then, you know. So it's kind of neat. Very cool. Um, yeah, today's uh, this week's been kind of an exciting week for me, Tech, and I don't know if we can or should mention it. We probably can, right? I don't know. All right, yeah, 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 let's talk about it. I don't know. They they don't want to hear it. (laughs) They they don't don't, want to know. They don't want to know. Jimmy always want to talk about that kind of stuff. They don't care. They don't want to hear it. We better tell them before you know they have an accident shouting at the radio. (laughs) Well, first of all, let's back up and pray. Preface it by saying Preface. we used to belong to Fourth Hand Network. That's true. As That's some correct. of them may or may not know. That's correct. Yeah, they'll hear <clears> in the beginning, you know, like, this is a fourth hand joint or whatever they hear in the beginning and the end, but yeah. no well, longer. Fourth hand joints at the end. Well, the beginning was you're listening to a, what does it say in the beginning? I don't know. I think remember. it's a, you're listening to a fourth hand production. Yeah. And at yeah, the end of it, it says that was a fourth hand joint or you're listening to a fourth hand yeah, yeah, yeah. joint. So they no longer. They didn't hear no. it in this episode, and they were like, "What just happened in the intro?" Yeah, but I mean, that's not even the exciting part. That I mean, nope. there's a reason why, it. Jimmy. Tell them. Well, I mean, unless they hated it, that that might be an exciting part for them, but that's not <laughs> the exciting part we were going to tell you. So we are in the process of joining this new network, and this new network is called mm-hmm. the Retro Network. Mm-hmm. This is me and Tech sort of thinking about it, and um. Yeah, I don't know. We were just kind of looking. At, we weren't really actively looking for another network, but we were kind of looking at other networks and came across this one that's nothing but retro TV shows. And it's kind of exciting. And check out the network for sure and uh, see what kind of podcasts they have because they have some awesome podcasts that kind of go along with what we do. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, like-minded shows on there. Um, there's stuff, everything from talking about retro television and movies to comic books to yeah. All kinds of different shows. I'm actually on the website now, kind of checking it around. Um, And there's something called The Time Machine, Tales from the Video Store, Wizards, The Podcast Guide to Comics. Um, There's like a retro game show podcast. Nice. That's cool. It's kind of cool. So, yeah, there's all kinds of goodies on there. If you're into retro stuff, check it. Ooh, there's Jimmy. There's one called After Hours. Hell yeah. (laughs) Is that where the screen is all like scrambled? And every every once in a while you can like see somebody's butt cheek or something. Yeah, yeah. You'll catch like a, a nipple or something. A exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that was a boob. That was a boob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, yes. so we're excited to uh, be a part of the retro network. And uh, so are. coming soon, look ahead. We'll talk more. That's about true. It later. It's we're still in process. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's going to be exciting, and there's going to be a lot of stuff for you guys. And uh, so yeah. Nothing is going to change as far as the show goes. Yeah. Um, just commercials and stuff like that. So look out for that. And we encourage you to check them out. Um, so, yeah. And that's uh, the retro network.com. So, yes, that's very exciting. Cool. All right. So now that we got that bit out of the way, mm-hmm. I guess we'll go ahead and take our first break. Yeah, because I've been dying to show you these new, like, handsprings I've been working on. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. In that case, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a first break. And when we get Jimmy, back. Watch me. Watch me go. Watch me go. Yeah, we'll get back into ah. this episode of Power of the Press. Oh, Tech, watch it. You're going to break something. Oh, God. I'm okay. We will be back. I'm okay.
Hey there, comic book fan. We've got a few questions for you. Were you obsessed with X-Men as a kid? Did you stand in line to get a copy of The Death of Superman in the Black Polybag? Did you buy every Image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves? Then have we got the show for you. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. We are back. Oh, man. Oh. Tech. That was man, that was an antique vase that you broke, man. Like it's all right. I mean, mom I mean, always said never do a half else. twist in it. I mean, you can't do a half twist in a back handspring. I guess you can, can you? I know I hurt my shit. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, anyways, let's get back into this. <sighs> season three nineteen episode. I'm sorry, season three, episode nineteen, entitled The Power of the Press. Mm. So let's get into this. Yeah. This episode first aired February 4th, 1972, written by Ben Gershman and Bill Friedman, hmm. directed by Kevin's dad, Jack Arnold. <laughs> and according to IMDb, there ain't nothing interesting about this episode. <laughs> I couldn't find any. And uh, according to this co-host, also nothing interesting about this episode. <laughs> yeah, this is like the uh, Grand Canyon episode. This is, you know. <laughs> What are you Anyways. talking about? In that episode, they stopped and looked at the Grand Canyon. That's true. And then they moved down the street about a mile and stopped and looked at the Grand Canyon again yeah, you're a few right. times. Yeah. Tell me nothing happened. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then they stopped. On the way out. And then went going again. All <laughs> yeah. right. <clears throat> Scene one. Fade in. We see Peter running up the driveway as he comes home from school. As he passes the grill that's seldom used, he trips, dropping his school books, books all over the back porch. Hmm. He stops to pick them up in a hurry before rushing through the sliding door and into the family room yelling, Mom! Alice! Greg! Marsha! Hmm. As he runs into the kitchen, we see Carol and Alice. He stops after hearing Carol asking him if something is wrong. Peter says, no, it's great news. He then begins telling Carol and Alice how the school newspaper needed a reporter and a lot of guys tried out for it. Peter then asks Carol, and who do you think that they picked? Mm. Carol humors Peter, pretending to guess and guesses Peter. Peter replies, yeah, how did you know? <laughs> to which Alice replies, women's intuition. Peter goes on to explain that he's not going to be just any reporter. 
he's going to get his own column. Ooh. Carol beams with pride as Alice congratulates him. Peter goes on saying he knows just what he's going to call it. The whole truth by Scoop Brady. Hmm. Carol beams again, telling Peter she thinks it's great. Peter goes on yet again, saying that he wants a column that'll put Fillmore Junior High on its ear. Hmm. Then go, then go on to write for his high school, then college, mm. then he might become a famous reporter mm. and maybe win the Pulitzer Prize. Mm. He then says he should probably learn how to do something first. Carol's confused, asks what? Peter replies, type. Hmm. Carol's mullet is magical in this episode. It was a majestic mullet in this episode. <laughs> it really was. It was a majestic, magical mullet. Um, yeah. <laughs> Peter almost ate shit. <laughs> when he did that, when he did that. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he really almost ate shit. He he looked like he tripped over the. I don't know if that was on purpose, but he looked like either. he tripped over that. Like I had said in there, if that, that was um, scripted, that was very well done. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, why can't Carol be this proud of everything they do, and not just for shit that she's into? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we are in season one, or scene one, and I'm already giving Carol shit. I know. She hasn't even done anything. All she's done is, like, been a good mom, and you're already like, fuck you. Why can't you always be like this? But, I mean, it seems like every single thing the kids want to do. Like, she was bitching because Greg wanted a car, which every teenager wants, because they want to play football, all this kind of stuff. But when it comes to something she does, and she's all about that shit. I don't know. I think it's amazing. Like, why can't you say that about football? Damn. <laughs> so, anyways. <clears throat> Scene two. Up in the girls' room, we see Marsha and Jan doing their homework. Marsha is sitting at the desk, and Jan is doing her homework at her bed. Marsha is asking if Jan has seen her pencils. When Jan says, nope, Marsha gets frustrated, saying she had three pencils in the drawer. Jan then suggests she check with Scoop Brady. Marsha realizing... Uh, Jan is probably right and rolls her eyes while saying, first it takes my carbon paper, then my erasers, and now my pencils. Jan joins in saying, mine too. Just then Greg walks in asking if either of them took his pencils from his desk. Both say no with big grins. <laughs> Greg, feeling like he isn't getting the joke, suggests that someone had, <laughs> must have taken them. Marsha with a grin tells him to check with Scoop Brady. Greg launches into a rant with a, for crying out loud. First, he takes my carbon paper, then my erasers, and now my pencils. Jan and Marsha just laugh. <laughs> um, I put this note in there for, and I'm going to massacre this guy's name. I know I am. Okay. But it was a guy named Pepe Feitzkog. Oh, I'm oh, part of our group, our Facebook yeah. group. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm sure I massacred that name, and I genuinely apologize. I wasn't trying to be funny. But I put this note in there. I said, I, I honestly think Greg is wearing Peter's shirt. <laughs> that shit is so damn tight. It's amazing. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw his nipples. Like, it was sure really it was that tight, tight. yo. It was yep. extremely tight. That's what we used to call a medium. <laughs> Pepe is like on top of that shit, man. He's been like Johnny on the spot with some shit lately. <laughs> like, he was like pointing out, look at this. And he has screenshots of like. Look how often Greg wears this shirt. <laughs> he does. Like, yeah, he wears it all the time. I was like, I've never noticed that. And I think it was Jenny that called me out. She's all like, like you ever notice clothing? I'm like, yeah, good point. <laughs> and like, it looks like from the looks of how, how tight it is, it looks like he's been wearing it since he was seven. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but also I love how Jan laughs at the end. 
<laughs> Jan what? How Jan laughs at the end. That just cracked me up. Oh, I, I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why it cracked me up, but her specifically laughing just made me, I don't know. <laughs> just tickled me. If you're a Jan fan, anything she does, you just like. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> Carol. <laughs> Scene three. <clears throat> Down in the den, we see Mike with Carol walking into the room, asking Mike if he had called her. Mike, looking frustrated, asks if she had seen his typewriter. Carol tells Mike that she, quote unquote, forgot to tell him mm-hmm. that Scoop Brady borrowed it. Mike stares for a second before saying, first he takes my carbon paper, <laughs> then my erasers, then my pencils, and now my typewriter. Then while chuckling, yes, chuckling, Carol <laughs> tells her husband, who is trying to get jo- his job done, that puts food on the table and pays the bills, <laughs> that Peter told her he is running a little short on the tools of his trade. <laughs> That's being a good mom, Carol. <laughs> Mike dismisses it saying, oh, well, I guess it's all pretty exciting for him and decides to put his notes on his tape recorder. Carol then walks over sheepishly telling Mike, by the way, don't go looking for your old brown hat. Carol <laughs> again chuckles at how she's seemingly letting her son do whatever the fuck he wants and stealing <laughs> from everybody in the house. <laughs> so Sorry, like- I, tr- I was trying to keep that tone out. But it kind of spilled over. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it, was, it doesn't sound like he's short on any tools at all. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, if he's going to use a typewriter, what the hell does he need all that stuff for? I mean, the carbon paper. Okay, I get it. Right. What does he need pencils and stuff for? So to hold in his mouth, as you see. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, um, why did Carol change her outfit? You She's know, a different you know outfit. I didn't notice that. She's got a totally different outfit on that she did a minute ago. I mean, I'm assuming it's the same day because everybody else is wearing the same outfits. Well, she's got to please her man. You know, make I him- guess. Um, also, um, why does Carol think this is so cute? Like, why, why is she letting this happen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, uh, from a parent standpoint, he's, he's taking his siblings and his dad's things without asking. Yeah. Like you would think at some point she would stop and say, no, hold on a second. I understand you're running low on stuff, but this is your siblings and your dad's stuff. You can't just take anything you want. Mm-hmm. You ain't lying. I mean, that's right up there with writing an article and keeping it a secret from your husband and not telling him. <laughs> well, Carol wouldn't do. Oh, oh shit. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Scene four. Up in the family room, we see Peter sitting at the desk along with his stolen typewriter, stolen supplies, and stolen hat. He manages to type the hole before making a face and pulling the paper out, crumbling it up, (laughs) and throwing it already overflowing trash can. The hole. (laughs) Bobby and Cindy come walking into the family room. Bobby goes to the TV and turns it on while Cindy stops to talk to Peter. She asks, Peter, why are you wearing dad's old hat? Peter explains because that's how us reporters look in the newspaper game. He then corrects Cindy, telling her his name isn't Peter, it's Scoop. Bobby chimes in, correcting Peter, saying, Scoop, you mean stoop. (laughs) Shit cracked me up. I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. Bobby and Cindy then sit on the ottoman and watch cartoons. I probably massacred the spelling on that, but that's okay. Auto men. 
know. <laughs> I think it's O T T. Is it? Oh, okay. I've spelt it A U T O M E N. Auto men. <laughs> and you said they were they were watching like some western. I thought because I mm-hmm. hear gunshots. Pew pew pew. Yeah. Anyway, Cindy points out that they've already seen this one, but Bobby corrects once again, saying it's because they all look the same. We see Peter trying to concentrate on his typing, but keeps getting distracted by the TV. Finally, he pipes up, asking, Hmm. well, more like telling them to turn that thing off. But when he's ignored, he takes it upon himself to get up and turn the TV off. But not without Cindy and Bobby getting upset and Bobby turning the TV back on. Peter praises his voice. Oh, raises. Sorry. (laughs) I love my voice. (laughs) Peter has such a great voice. Scoop. Sorry. <laughs> Peter raises his voice too, explaining that he can't think, but quick witted Bobby comes back with, Well, that's nothing new. <laughs> Finally, Cindy puts Peter in his place, telling him he better knock it off because there's two of them and only one of Peter. Pretty soon, all three are yelling at the top of their lungs. Mike comes in to lay down the law, shouting, Wait a minute. All three stop and stare. Mike puts his hands on his. Mike puts his hands on his hips and asks, now what's the matter? Peter tries to act like nothing is wrong with a, uh, hi, Dad. But Bobby throws him under the bus, telling, big shot stoop won't let us watch TV. Peter looks at Mike and explains, they can watch TV upstairs. I'm trying to work. But keen eye Mike asks the question we're all asking, why can't you work upstairs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what me and my son were saying, too. Like, exactly. It's a portable typewriter. fucking go anywhere. Well, yeah. <laughs> and eventually he brings it upstairs. So yeah. Peter explains that a newspaper man has to be near the phone. You never know when a big story is going to break. Mike somehow agrees with Peter telling him, well, that's a good point. And begins asking Bobby and Cindy why they can't watch TV upstairs. But Bobby brings up a good point himself saying, that's a dinky little setup there, dad. Cindy chimes in asking, what if we get hungry? This is right next to the kitchen. Mike, seeing this is going nowhere, begins to explain to the kids that sometimes when one person is doing something that's important to him, sometimes the others have to accept a little inconvenience. Bobby leans in and whispers to Cindy, he means we have to watch upstairs. Of course, Peter is beaming because he won. Peter then turns to Mike with a thanks, Dad. Mike then leans in to check on Peter's progress and asks, how's the column coming, Scoop? Peter admits that the writing sure is a lot tougher than he thought. Mike looks at Peter's paper and reads the whole truth. He then asks Peter, that's all you got? (laughs) Peter admits that's all he could think of. Just then, the phone rings. Peter jumps up, explaining that it's probably one of the guys with a hot flash for his column. He picks up the phone and answers, Scoop Brady talking, but disappointingly tells Mike that it's for him. But before Peter walks away, he asks Mike if he minds keeping it short because you never know when a big story might break. Mike smiles and answers, sure thing, Scoop. (laughs) Oh, I put in here that my son even said, you know, can't he just move the typewriter? (laughs) Can't he go in the den? Or anywhere in a tree. He can go to the doghouse. It doesn't matter. It's not like it's electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Sorry. 
But um, what's funny is if you look at the very end when Mike comes in, it's like you know, when Mike yells to get him to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell Bobby is trying so hard not to break. He's you right think? on the brink of breaking. Oh my god! <laughs> Was he? <laughs> yeah, Megan that. pointed out. She's like, "Oh my god, Bobby's about to laugh." I'm like, "Oh my god, he is about to laugh." And Peter's <laughs> just straight up smiling. I think they left it in because it works. But I don't think it was ever meant that he was smiling because he won. I put that in there because it seemed logical. But mm. after thinking about it, I'm like, I think he was trying not to laugh. I don't think he was supposed to be smiling. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Ooh, you get a nice long one next. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <clears throat> Scene five. Out in the living room, we see three puppets come up from behind <laughs> the couch. <laughs> One of the puppets announces to the others, okay, children, it's time for exercises. But the kids are disappointed, saying, oh, no, not again. As they begin to exercise, Carol comes up asking what's going on. This shocked me for some reason. Marsha and Jan pop up. I was thinking, was this, this is Bobby and Cindy, like, they're going to make <laughs> right. fun of Peter or something? No, Bobby Dan, the fame, Marsha and Jan of all people. This is kind of funny, too, because this is almost <laughs> foreshadowing for the next episode. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Marsha and Jan pop up from behind from their hiding spots as Carol says, those are really cute. Marsha tells Carol that hers is Miss Cracker, their gym teacher. (laughs) You wrote Cracker. Cracker. Wow. (laughs) Marsha tells Carol. (laughs) Marsha tells Carol that hers is Mrs. Crocker, the gym teacher. Carol then introduces herself to a puppet being puppeted by her middle school daughter. Marsha then begins having them exercise again, and they all laugh. Carol then asks what they're for. Marsha tells her that they're doing a skit for their teachers for their jamboree night to rib them a little more. Hmm. Now I tried to search and I have no idea what the hell a jamboree night is. Um, (laughs) um, Megan seems to think that it's like at the end of the movie Grease when they have that uh, carnival kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's like a jamboree night. Most likely. And but it sounds like it's like graduation. Possibly. It could be for it, anything, well, really. It's after their final exams. So Oh yeah. <clears throat> um I guess I missed that when I was watching the episode because they said it was for the teachers to kind of rip yeah. them. Because later I was like, why the fuck should you have a puppet about her teachers? Yeah. Like what the okay. Actually, I don't think they ever said it's I I was assuming it was the second semester of school because it's towards the end of the season, but I guess it could have been yeah. the halfway point in the, in the first, you know, the, the first part of the year. So it could be the midpoint of the, of the year. Maybe that's June three night. I, I'm sure it's probably, the if end anybody the knows, feel free to write in and say, cause we are really confused about this. <laughs> Anyways, Carol agrees telling Marsha that's that that's the best time to rib them after they get their final grades. <laughs> hmm. Carol then reminds them that they have finals this week. <laughs> Sorry. I can hear my mom's voice in this one. Don't forget you got finals this week. <laughs> but Marsha shuts that shit down, telling Carol that she just finished all of her studying. Oh, oh hell yeah. Jan joins in saying she did too. That's why she's helping Marsha with the puppets. Hmm. Then I bet, the you, accent, I bet you Carol feels so stupid. Hell yeah, she does. Well, she's, playing with puppets with her middle school daughter. Anyways, then with a British accent, Jan begins puppeting saying, I'm Miss Saunders, Marsha's English teacher. Carol joins in the fun and shakes the puppet's hand saying, Oh, hello. Marsha holds up another puppet telling Carol that this is Mr. Price, her science teacher. 
She then lowers her voice and says, And now, students, we take up the study of chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is a Greek word, chloro meaning green, and I guess phil is the guy who discovered it. (laughs) All three girls begin to laugh at the joke um, in the puppet's voice. Just then, Peter walks in and compliments Marcia, telling her that she has Mr. Price down perfect. Mm-hmm. Marcia tells Peter that he's the teacher. No. What? Marcia tells Peter that he's the toucher. Yeah. It has to be science teacher. because he's, he <laughs> he's the toucher. He's the toucher. Teacher, like the toucher what teacher? happened? Whoa, what happened in his class? <laughs> Show us on the puppet where he touched you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. And now, Marsha, let's you and I. Oh, sorry. This got dark. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Marsha tells Peter that he's the science teacher. Oh, she's the worst teacher that she's ever had. The hardest teacher. I think that's what she says. I don't know. Marsha tells Peter that he's the toughest teacher that she's ah, ever had. There it is. Carol speaks up asking, you have him this term, don't you, Peter? Peter disappointedly says, I sure do. Carol puts on her mom hat, telling him, just remember, Scoop Brady, you have finals too. <laughs> so don't neglect your studies because of that column. Yay, party pooper Carol's back. But <laughs> Peter is confident, telling her, don't worry, Mom, everything's real cool. Mm. And just like that, party pooper Carol is gone again as she puts on the puppet and tells Peter in a puppet voice, <laughs> we'll just make sure it doesn't warm up. Oh, my God. Can you say that sentence really fast? <laughs> uh, that sentence really fast. Oh, never mind. Marsha asks Peter, is that your column? When Peter says, yeah, Jan asks if they can read it. And before Peter really has time to react, Marsha has taken it out of his hands and has begun reading it. Confused, Marsha looks at it front and back and says, all it says is the whole truth by Scoop Brady. Peter tries to defend himself saying, well, I haven't finished yet. Jan busts out with, it isn't even started. <laughs> but Peter frantically tries to explain, saying, well, that's the whole trouble, getting it started. Before I became a writer, I could think of millions of things to write about. Now I can't think of one. Marcia tries to encourage him, saying, oh, come on, there's lots of things to write about. Peter tests her, asking, name one. Marcia, getting excited, says, well, how about my Jamboree night? Jan joins in, saying, and the girls' basketball team, undefeated. Marcia joins in again, saying, So is the debating team. Peter admits that this is good stuff. Jan joins in again, saying that the drama club is doing three one-act plays. Finally, Peter has to put a stop to the suggestion, saying, okay, 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 you're getting me confused. He hands Marsha her puppet back and says that he'll get on it right away. After he runs off, the girls go back into puppet mode. Marsha picks up the science teacher and begins, I say, that scoop is some reporter. I say, yes, he is some reporter indeed. <laughs> Those puppets are kind of creepy. I'm just saying a little bit. Um, but what is it with striped shirts on the show? Like this scene, they really, uh, the show in general really likes kids in striped shirts. Like <laughs> Peter and Bobby wear striped shirts all the time. The infamous Greg sweater is a striped shirt. <laughs> and in this one, you got Jan and Marsha wearing striped, sh- striped shirts too. Yeah. And they love those uh, Hang 10 shirts. They wear those a lot. I know. There's. Uh, I spotted one. I can't remember this episode or the next one. No, it's where? this one. Uh, Mike wears it later on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but also was it just me and i i'm not trying to be gross or or like you know pervy or anything but didn't it seem like marsha and peter were a little flirty <laughs> i didn't pick up on that you man. didn't pick up on it like i i mentioned it and i played it back and my wife watched it my wife gave me that look like no like she looked <laughs> she was confused by me saying it but to me it looked like particularly from marcia's side to me it looked like she was flirting with peter a little bit but hmm. it might have been just because they're kids and it might have been a crush going on at the time or something but Maybe. anyways go ahead do your little story <laughs> okay my story is <laughs> It's from it's from a it's a, um, a space ghost reference space ghost coast to coast. Hey. Brack does on one of the albums. He's like, "Go ahead, do your little story." <laughs> Beans. <laughs> one time I had this monkey. Eek <laughs> <laughs> eek. Scene six. We now see Greg and Alice in the kitchen, sitting at the table. They are both reading a piece of paper with Peter pacing back and forth, finally sitting down. When Peter asks what they think, Greg struggles to find the word saying, well, it's not a bad column, Pete. Alice joins in saying, boy, the typing is real neat, Peter. (laughs) Such good handwriting. This paper is really white. (laughs) Is this Dunder Mifflin? Uh, (laughs) But it's no use. Peter has figured out that they think it is rotten. Mm. Greg speaks first saying, not at all. The items are fine. It's the way you wrote it. It's a little... um, Dull. D U L L. Then looking for support, he turns and says, Right, Alice? Alice feels bad agreeing, but says, You could jazz it up a little. Peter, confused, asks how. Alice begins explaining, Take the pie sale. You said 14 apple pies were baked. Couldn't he say something like, What sweet young thing in eighth grade bakes some wildest apple pies in town? Oh, <laughs> Greg, of course, awesome. Greg, of course, is cracking up at this. Peter apparently has an epiphany saying, I get it. Make it more personal. Greg agrees saying, right. The girl's basketball item. You didn't mention a single name. Kids like to see their name in, on paper to read about themselves. Alice joins in saying, particularly if you appeal to their vanity. But Peter is confused asking vanity. What's vanity? Alice explains that vanity is what makes women with size 12 feet wear size 8 shoes. Greg explains she means flatter them. Peter has taken all this in and says, names and flatter them, huh? Boy, will I ever. And with a thanks, he runs off. I I really like this scene because I think it really builds up a good relationship. Like it shows the kind of relationship that Greg and Alice have. You know, doing that unspoken thing where he was relying on Alice to kind of like write Alice, you know, and she was kind of, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a really good scene between Alice and Greg specifically. Hmm. Um, um, but also, it also shows that the, the character of Peter can also take constructive criticism and not get all butthurt about it yeah. um, and actually implement and use it. I don't know. I thought it was a cool scene. But also after this scene, like, am I wrong in thinking that Greg and Alice probably go behind the, the garage and smoke weed? <laughs> Like just the way this felt, you know what I'm saying? I, I, now that you say that, <laughs> I can totally see that now. Yeah. Like, and it's just understood. And that's why, you know, the two of them are like, they are with each other, like giggling and stuff. Like he I mean, knows I, that Alice can hold a secret. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's almost like 
she caught him one time. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit, like, please don't tell mom and dad. And she's like, I won't if you give me a hit, you know, kind of. Yeah, thing exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they were like, oh, shit. And then they, like, yeah. had a fucking blast one day. And then now they're just cooler than ever with each other now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's probably like, if I ever seen you do this, I'm going to tell your parents. <laughs> Unless you give me some. <laughs> oh, my God. See, now you made it weird. <laughs> So yeah, that's the feeling I got from the scene. I thought so, I kind of got the feeling, but in all seriousness, I kind of got the feeling that something along the lines had happened with Alice and Greg. You met whether it had been like her giving him advice or she giving, you know, him giving her advice or something. And now they got this kind of unspoken relationship where they can just kind of rely on each other. I don't know. I thought it was a good scene. That's cool. Scene seven. Back in the family room, we see Peter hard at work typing away on his typewriter with a big grin on his face. And that's it. And that's it. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Why does he have a pencil in his mouth? I don't know. I think my son asked the same the first exact scene. question. He was like, why does he keep having pencils in his mouth? I was like, I don't know. I think you like, you you would take, you would jot down stuff as you're typing. On the, I, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's corrections. Like if you type wrong. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, that would be something that somebody that knows how to type would do. Like I get yeah. the feeling he doesn't know how to type. <laughs> Judging well, he by how he said that. It. He said that. He was like, I need oh, okay. to learn how to type in the beginning. Hmm. So, I don't know. Unless it's the kind of ribbon that you can use a pencil eraser to erase the the type. Maybe. Know. But if he's using carbon paper, he's just making a copy of mistake. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. Scene eight. And now with the same establishing shot they use every time with a guy at the bike rack and the two girls walking across mm, the grass. We've talked about that in the past. <laughs> We're back at the school. We see the interior hallway of the school. We see a blonde girl with braids come around the corner and spot Peter, who is drinking from the water fountain. As she calls his name, he turns to look at and greets her with a, oh, hi, Iris. She tells him that she just wanted to thank him. She says, they picked me to be yell leader, and I owe it all to you. Peter confused. <laughs> no, you, missed as, you missed the joke. Oh, I'm sitting there giggling at it. So they picked me to be the yell leader, and I owe it all to you. Like, because she's the yell leader. I don't know. <laughs> it was a stupid joke, but I was excited. Peter, about it. Peter confused, asked, "Why me?" Iris goes on to explain, "It's because you wrote all those things about her in this column." She then suggests that maybe they have uh, a malt after school. Peter replies, "Swell." She then tells him that she's paying because he's her guest. Peter walks away, proud of himself. Now, this scene right here, I had to, like, back up a couple times. I was, like, I was talking to my son. I was, like, watch this. Like, she does. It's, like, she just, all she's doing is stage direction. Like, it's, like, when you say this line, you turn and walk down that hallway. And that's exactly what she did. And then you'd be my my guest. And then she just, like, it's weird. It's not normal And they do these awkward hand gestures, almost like they're saying, just do something with your hands. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I'm paying because you are my guest. You are my guest. I will walk this way now. I put down that she, I love how she completely drops character as soon as she turns to walk away. Exactly. Like as soon as she turns to walk away, she was back to the actress. She's wanting to get off stage. That's all she wants. (laughs) But also I put down, Peter's going to get some. Peter's going to get some. (laughs) Right. right. Scene nine. We are in the hallway again and see a blonde boy walk up to Peter and say, Peter, you're the greatest. Peter corrects him saying, 
You mean the item in the column? He then explains that he's never been so popular with girls and how the girls really believe that stuff about him being a great dancer. (laughs) Peter simply says, you are compared to me. (laughs) He then hands Peter a box saying, here, it's only some candy bars, but I just wanted to show my, my appreciation. He goes on to tell Peter, if he thinks of anything else to say about him, he has an uncle who owns a pizza place. Hmm. And with a see you later, he runs off. So let's talk about those box of candy bars. <laughs> they were they like, like cliff bars or some kind of all natural stuff you get through a subscription. Yeah, they were like really thick packaging. They were. And then, and it's like, I don't, yeah, like you were saying, they were, they would be almost like, a, what's it called? Like when it's like homemade or whatever, <laughs> like organic. Or I don't know, just like these are some organic candy bars my mom sells. (laughs) Yeah, she makes at home. That's what it looked like—the packaging and everything. Like, does he just always carry those around? He's like, (laughs) I'm so confused why he has it. Well, it's funny because, like, in their world, you know, some business people are sitting around. Okay, guys, we need to increase sales. How can we get kids to buy these candy bars? I got (laughs) it. We can make them beige with oversized (laughs) wrappers. All kids love beige candy bars. <laughs> Should the candy bars be normal thickness? <laughs> I like, guess no, I no. They no. need to be at least like an inch thick. <laughs> it's like they yeah. need to be like Hot Pockets. What's a Hot Pocket? You'll know in the 80s. They haven't been invented yet, but it has to be that shape. And even later, like they have them in their hands and they're like, you can like clap them together. It sounds like two like <laughs> bars of soap or something. Like, <laughs> It's like, oh my God, what are, are they going to throw it at him? It would have knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> Mom always said not to throw candy bars in the house. <laughs> scene 10. Even later in the hall, Peter comes out of a classroom and is immediately stopped by yet another girl with side ponytails. She tells Peter that she has been looking all over for him. She, be- she begins thanking him for the column he wrote about her singing. As a result, Mrs. Meredith asked her to do a solo on the Jamboree night. Peter simply stands and says, that's great. She then tells Peter that she's going to have a super party soon. (laughs) Super party. (laughs) Peter is the first name on her guest list. She then nudges Peter in the arm and walks away. Peter looks as if he may be smitten. That's the feeling I got. Um, But also, this is hands down the best guest actor on this episode. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah definitely. she's the only one that seemed excited at all <laughs> yeah and genuine and didn't do like weird like alien <laughs> behavior <Yeah. laughs> she's only read about that's like quiet we don't know who's listening that's right there with that yeah scene 11 <clears throat> back in the brady house we are in the family room where we see peter standing talking on the phone with his hat on we hear peter say I know you're studying, Eddie, but I need an item for my column. Something real snappy or a little gossip. But as Mike walks up and overhears the conversation, Peter changes topics, asking, "Uh, do you have that whole thing on osmosis, Eddie? Yeah, the science class isn't too easy. He then tells Eddie to let him know if he's stuck again and gets off the phone. After, After he gets off the phone, Mike walks up asking if he got Eddie squared away on osmosis. When Peter says yes, Mike admits that it made him feel a little bit better. With all that time Peter has been spending on his column and all the parties he's been invited to, he and Carol have been a little afraid that Peter's been neglecting his schoolwork. 
Peter then lies his ass off, telling Mike that he's going to be doing more studying right now. Mike, hmm. feeling proud of Peter, tells him that that's good. Taps him on the shoulder before telling him to turn the lights off when he's through and walks away. As soon as Mike walks away, Peter runs over to the desk, repeating osmosis. He begins thumbing through his science book, wondering what the heck osmosis is or does. <laughs> Damn, Peter just lied his ass off. <laughs> um, why do people rub apples on their shirt before they eat them? <laughs> well, Mike was way, doing like, that. He does it like three times. I know. I noticed he was also twisting the stem off too. Like a, before that. B, C. Sorry, I guess what was it? That. What was that thing again? What was like you, you said a letter for every twist you did? Yeah, yeah. And wherever it broke off, like that was the beginning letter of the person's name that you're going to marry. Oh, all right. Did, did it work for you? No, because what I would do is I would like <laughs> barely twist it until I got to the letter of the person I liked and then I like, <laughs> twist it as hard as I could and try to rip it off. <laughs> Just rip it off. Yeah, it's kind of like catching the bouquet at a wedding. It's kind of the same kind of mentality. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Scene 12. Up in the girls' room, we see Peter sitting, talking to Marsha and Greg. Greg is explaining that they both had Mr. Price, and they both know what kind of final exam he gives. Peter has obviously realized that he hasn't studied enough, saying he hopes it's not too late. Marsha tells Peter one trick she uses to remember things is to make up little rhymes about them. She then starts spitting rhymes, saying, A vertebrate has a back that's straight. Peter, liking the idea, repeats the rhyme back to himself, saying it's a great idea. Greg then asks Peter if he knows what a primate is. Peter thinks repeating primate, primate, primate. And then Bobby walks in and goes, <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably walks it. Somebody call me? No. <laughs> now he then gives up saying, I don't think I do. Greg then joins the rap battle himself, telling Peter, you can remember it like this. A primate has the size and shape of a monkey, a man, or any old ape. And then no. Marsha goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> No, Marsha starts going, <laughs> Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. Peter repeats his rhyme back to himself, completely tickled thinking this is a great idea. Greg and Marsha both admit that it worked for both of them. Peter then tells Marsha and Greg that he has a rhyme himself. Next year's going to be so nice, I don't have to worry about Mr. Price. Mm. <laughs> Greg and Marsha, seeing where this is going, tells him he better hit the book <laughs> as they hand his science book back to him. Then comes the strangest scene change ever. Marsha picks up the puppet of Mr. Price and says... Mr. Price, please have pity on my brother. The camera then zooms in on the puppet's face and begins to dissolve into the real Mr. Price. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> it did happen. And don't these puppets are a little reminiscent of like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood I thought puppets? so too, but well, specifically uh, Lady Elaine. <laughs> oh, God. That's kind of what they look That's like. That's the scary one, creepy right? one that lived in that round thing. Yeah, the museum is frightening. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't one note that I would give like if the director's still alive, I don't quite think that Greg and Marsh were sitting close enough together. <laughs> like she wasn't quite on on Greg's lap. So, um, <laughs> right. But also, uh, orange pajamas with a green robe. 
Oh, is it's it like, like after Labor Day kind of a thing? I don't know. No, <laughs> no both of them kidding. look like they're something that were that like I don't know that they made from curtains, <laughs> <laughs> like sound um, of music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed like it seemed like weird topics like osmosis and then invertebrates. I don't know. I I, I mean I get invertebrates, primates, but. Is osmosis really involved in all that too? I don't think so. I mean, kinda, but not. I've had the I've had to teach all that stuff to my kids, um, yeah. about all all three of those things. But that wouldn't be like a vocabulary word. Like, okay, kids, what's osmosis? You know, it would. I don't know. Maybe times have changed. I don't know. Yeah. Scene thirteen. Now in Mister Price's classroom. Peter has stopped to talk to Mr. Price, asking him if he's done grading all the exams. Mr. Price tells him he's not, and that it's his customary procedure to grade the papers alphabetically in order to this according to the students' names. And that seems a bit up to OCD. L. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Peter looks disappointed. Then he says, "L." Then you're past B. Mr. Price compliments Peter on his keen analytical deduction. <laughs> Keener than most of his deductions in the exam. <laughs> Peter deduces again that it sounds like he didn't do so good. Mr. Price corrects Peter, saying he didn't do so well either. He goes on to say that he's quite disappointed in Peter. For the first half of the semester, he received a B. Mr. Price then tells Peter that he thought Peter would have done would have been one of his better students. As he hands the test to Peter, Peter asks him if he's going to have a big if it's going to have a big effect on his report card. Mr. Price looks at him blankly, telling him final exams usually do. Hmm. Peter sighs and says, thank you, as he walks out of the classroom. Mr. Price sighs and get back to grading. <clears throat> After Peter walks out of the classroom, he looks at the exam. When he sees the result, he says, a D, a big fat D. <laughs> Peter has a fat D. Peter has a big fat D. Did you know that, Tack? Tack? I, I saw it. Did you it. know that Peter has a big D? I saw it. <laughs> so we could go a different direction and say that Peter, you know, Peter's science teacher gave him a big D, but that's going a totally different direction. I think we should go in. Then we're going back just, to the touch Just teacher. know that Peter has a big D. Just know that. <laughs> a big fat D. So. A B average in class and a D on the final set, we would get like a C overall. I mean, how's that really that bad? I mean, because you're not a Brady type. No, I guess they have higher <laughs> standards. I guess. I guess. If they get an A minus, it's like they failed. <laughs> a minus? What? When did this happen? That kind of attitude. <sighs> so this is where we take our next break. Okay. So Peter has been focusing so hard on being Peter Parker that he's forgot to be <laughs> Peter Brady. See what I did there? Do it. And there's another reference later. Exactly. Yeah. That's foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Will he ever get himself out of this? Hmm. We'll be back. Hey, guys. If you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the Tee Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got T-shirts coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, 
and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from from tanks to v-necks if you want it they got it so go on there check it out order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker if not for yourself get one for that brady bunch fan in your life and guys let me tell you i ordered uh, a couple of t-shirts to come in so i can check out the quality myself and i gotta tell you i'm quite impressed and i'm a bit of a t-shirt snob it's got to be just right the right thinness of material pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at target very thin very comfortable material these guys over at t public definitely know what they're doing and you want to talk about t-shirt colors of course i only wear black all the time because it's slimming but you can get pretty much any color under the sun so go online to the t public merch store the link is in the description of this episode and always remember have a sunshine day Right. Happy to say that TAC didn't break any bases this time, so that's kind of cool. Nope. <laughs> that's exciting. Um, so in this episode, they um, Peter has a bit of a run, not really a run with a teacher, but a run with a class. And it's a teacher that, judging by Marsha's behavior, people don't really care for. Yeah. We've both talked about memorable teacher we've had because we had one in common that was memorable. Yeah. But have you ever had any teachers that you, because you hear a lot of people say, oh, that teacher hated me. As an yeah. adult, I seriously doubt teachers just hate certain kids. But do you <laughs> have? Any, do. Did you have any teachers that were notorious for you not liking? Me not liking? Yeah. Like, do you have any teachers that you just absolutely hated? Um, and you can call them out by name. <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of any teachers I didn't really like. I, I wasn't a big fan of um, what was his name? We talked about him before. Um. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Oakland. I didn't, it wasn't so much him that I didn't really like, but it was the class I didn't really, because all he did was spend like the whole class period just writing people up and sending them to the dean's office. <laughs> That's all it was. That's exactly all it was. Remember, you get high on pot and you're putting your head in the noose. <laughs> yeah. That's Hypotenuse. how you remember hypotenuse. And it was just like, report to the dean's office. That's like, please <clears> stop. <throat> Talking like it's yeah. all he ever said, like banging on his podium. Report to the dean's office, and then he would put shit on his exam that he didn't have time to get to because he was yelling <laughs> at kids too much. All right, <clears throat> Tony, we started the class off with like twenty something kids. By the end of it, every single day, we down to like six. Yeah, <laughs> like <sighs> I um, I had a teacher in middle school that I hated. Um, who? Uh, Mr. Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> He just like died recently. He did, yeah. And I I really didn't like him, and I, I felt kind of bad in, in later years because I kind of he's the only time I ever got sent up to the principal's office. <laughs> like it was in his class, I got sent to the dean's office. Actually, um, he didn't just die, Jimmy. He was murdered. Like what's was going he on? Yeah. Oh wow. It was like a home invasion. That. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Was that? Hmm. Where were you on that night? <laughs> I don't know. It was only like was. a year ago, maybe. I was probably that. working. Yeah, that's it. I was working. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I mean, it's horrible. That if that's true, it's absolutely horrible. It is true. It's 100% true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it was, two, it was, I think, the day after my father died. 
And okay. I had him for the last period, right? And yeah. every single class I went into, I was hearing, hey, sorry to hear about your dad. Hey, sorry to hear about your dad. Yeah. You know, and they were from teachers that, you know, people like Mr. Ference and, you know, people that, you know, like people like, like Miss Purvis, you know, people yeah. that you could tell Mr. Ellington that kind of cared about you. Then you had Mr. Wallen. <laughs> I didn't really care about anybody, you know? And, um, <laughs> so I walked in his class and he stops on the way out of class. He stops me and he's like, Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, what? <laughs> hey, sorry to hear about your dad. And I just had enough. I I was tired of hearing about it. I was trying to forget about it. <clears throat> so I bust out with, Oh, did you kill him? <laughs> he's like, excuse me. I said, did you kill him? He's like, no. And verbatim, I said, <laughs> then don't fucking worry about it. And he's like, all right, you need to go to the dean's office. Like, okay. <laughs> so I went into the dean's office and Miss um, Miss Val came walking in. Miss mm. Landingham, Miss Val. Yeah. Uh, she was the wow. guidance counselor at the time. <laughs> she was she the was guidance hot, counselor. Right? At the, huh? She was cute, right? No. Um, oh, she was the guidance counselor at the time. I have no idea. You were thinking Miss Brock. No, 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 not Miss Brock. I mean, Miss Brock too, yeah, but anyway, sorry. You're thinking Miss Campbell. had short, dark, black hair. What? You're thinking of Miss Sneed or Miss Campbell? Oh, Miss Campbell. I remember her. That's who you're thinking of. No, I'm thinking of the other one. Okay. Anyways, sorry. she comes in and she starts asking me if I was just upset about my dad or whatever. And I told her, I'm just tired of him. I'm tired of teachers reminding me about it. So she went and told the teachers not there say anything to me anymore yeah everything was good so yeah after that just things were awkward with with me and him <laughs> yeah i remember you telling me that story before like i recently heard this video or this video wow this story for the first time and i was like how have i never known the story i don't know yeah but at first i, I can't remember the lady's name miss davis was the uh the dean yeah, so I, yeah, went yeah. Into, yeah. I went into miss davis's office but then miss val met me in there yeah. So, but it sounds like Mr. Wallen had told her, and I think he's just upset about his dad, but yeah, I think I only took, I either took one day off or I didn't take any time off at all. <clears throat> and I remember them saying, well, I thought you'd take more time off. I really just want to get my mind off it. Come back to school. So yeah, I remember you missed a few days from school because I didn't know what the oh, hell was going on. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was like, Jimmy wasn't at school again today. And then, you didn't even well, know until like, yeah, it had been like several days died. later and my mom was just like maybe he just needs time you know his dad's sick in the hospital i'm like okay and then he even told me like uh he's doing better and i'm like yeah. oh that's good well, no because because i think your mom had asked how's your dad doing because i could tell your mom was curious trying to figure out what's going on yeah. and i was like well he's in less pain <laughs> just, oh it wasn't a lie he was hmm. <clears throat> so yeah so anyways yeah that's that's a teacher that i notoriously didn't like i got along with all my other teachers he's the hmm. only one that i didn't get along with that i didn't like huh all right well yeah, now that i brought the whole uh <laughs> whole feel of the show down appreciate that jimmy <laughs> yeah. uh we'll get back into this so when we left off yeah peter was stressing about getting a d in his on his exam he, it wasn't just regular. He got a big fat d he got a big fat from, d that's right uh, mr price's d him <laughs> a big yeah, fat he was, d he was stressing about Mr. Price's big fat D and um, <laughs> can he write his way out of this one tax? Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know either. Let's find out. Oh, that's me. That is Scene you. 14. 
In the girls' room, we see Alice taking a break to play with Marsha's puppets. <laughs> this was weird, by the way. So she's asking the puppet, don't I know you from somewhere? <laughs> the puppet replies, but yes, mon chéri, I've been chasing you <laughs> to the four corners of the world. Alice laughs, saying, <laughs> I bet you say that to all the girls, Charles, you mad, impetuous fool. Kiss me. While this is happening, Marsha and Jan have walked into the room quietly and are now giggling at Alice's loneliness. <laughs> when Alice sees that she has been caught, she looks for words, then finally holds up the puppet. She looks at him and says, Don't just stand there like a dummy. Get me out of this. Well, would you cut off like she literally kissed the puppet like she kissed she starts making out with the puppet she does yeah, yeah. and then i was like is she like masturbating with this thing like <laughs> it was a little awkward because she wasn't doing it to be funny like in front of she was alone in the she girl's was. bedroom <laughs> like this is a sadder scene than they were playing it off yeah yeah exactly so bad she wasn't in there cleaning because there wasn't any cleaning supplies in that room <laughs> It's like she was downstairs cleaning the yep. kitchen, thinking about stuff, going, well, there's that puppet upstairs in the girls' room. Yep. There wasn't no he laundry. Was... There wasn't no cleaning supplies. <laughs> there was nothing. That puppet is kind of <laughs> hot. There you go. And she was like, huh, kids aren't home from school yet. They may have a minute to, you know. <laughs> I would have been more curious if they would have just waited a little longer to see how far this yeah, was going to yeah. go. Like, oh, <laughs> Charles, <laughs> what are you going up the blue dress? Sorry, Charles, <laughs> Charles, I can't. I'm on duty. Um, I'm working for the Brady's. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I put in there later on in this episode. Marsha's like, Peter, did you take my puppet too? Because <laughs> yeah, her, her puppet's missing. Like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Because <clears throat> Alice took it. Marsha, oh, I gotcha. <laughs> You found, keep finding puppets in a room. Yeah. <laughs> Scene 15. Down in the living room, we see Peter coming home from school and trying to sneak in the front door. He looks at his exam again, shakes his head, and continues into the living room. As he's running up the stairs, Carol comes out of the den and tries to stop Peter, but Peter quickly sprints up the stairs to avoid her. Hmm. But Carol is having none of that shit. Asking, uh, what's the hurry? And asks him to come back. Peter tries to explain it away, saying that he's got a lot of things to do. Carol excitedly asks, how did his, how did, blah, blah, blah. Carol excitedly asks how he did on his finals. Peter tries to think of the right words to say and finally tells her most of them went okay. Carol then hones in on it, asking, no. Carol then hones in on the issue, asking how the science final went. Is Mr. Price as tough as they say? Peter thinks for a moment and tells Carol that Mr. Price hasn't finished grading all the test papers yet. Carol, still trying to get any information she can out of him, asks how he thinks he did. Peter simply says he's pretty sure he didn't get an A. Carol tells him that she'd settle for an A- and walks away. Peter stands there for a minute and says to himself, boy, so would I. Mm. Mm. Carol's got some high standards, man. That's fucked up. I guess. Um, I put on here, um, what kind of grades did you think Carol got? 
<laughs> I don't like, really know. Because we don't know if Carol went to college or not. We have no idea. I can't remember if she ever references college or not. I think she does. I looked at but... I looked it up and and nowhere can I, on the internet can I find what college she went to. Huh. We know that Alice went to like an all girl school, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Carol ever went to school, so we don't know what kind of. I mean, maybe she's one of those you know intellectual people. Maybe she she's one of the book smart people that did really really good in school, and maybe that's yeah. why she's expecting her kids to do so good. Yeah. Mike seems to be a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more realistic. So I got a feeling that Mike was probably the type that had to really, really struggle to get through school and through college. Hmm. Where Carol might have been the type that just could read a book once and then ace a book report kind of thing. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> um, so even Peter. Um, so if Peter had, even if Peter had done well in the exam, she still would have been disappointed because in the class he would have had to be. Yeah. So he was screwed from the get-go. There was nothing he could have done to make her happy. <laughs> She's impossible to please. Exactly. <clears throat> Scene 16. Up in the boys' room, we see Peter standing in his room. He pulls out the exam, looks at it again, sees that it hasn't magically changed to an A, <laughs> and disappointedly puts it back into his pocket. Just then, Bobby and Cindy walk into the room and turn the TV on. Peter, confused and still upset over his exam, Asks what they're doing. Bobby explains that they're going to watch TV. Peter turns off the TV, yelling them to watch TV in the family room. But the kids explain that they can't, telling Peter, you got us kicked out of the family room, dumbhead. (laughs) Peter gets upset, telling him that he's kicking them back in. Bobby then comes back with, the way you're kicking us around, you must think we're a couple of footballs. (laughs) Ooh. Peter then tells them that he's got to do a lot of heavy thinking up here. Cindy assures him that as long as he doesn't think too loud, he won't bother them. <laughs> I thought that's, that's cracked me up. Well, you won't disturb us. <laughs> Peter, seeing he isn't going to win, and perhaps nervous they'll call Mike, tells them if they go watch TV downstairs, I'll give you a candy bar. Bobby excitedly asks, me too? Peter agrees and begins walking to his dresser. Cindy gets excited, exclaiming, wow, you got a whole box. Bobby asks, where did you get all that candy? Peter explains from a guy at school. I wrote some nice things about him in the column. Bobby and Cindy seem very impressed, asking, you mean people give you things for that? Peter explains to them that people like to read nice things about themselves, and they give you things like candy bars, pizza, sodas, and passes to the movies. Peter then reasons that may be a good grade, too. He then gets super excited at his idea. He hands the candy bars to Cindy and Bobby, telling them they'll miss their movie. He then crosses to the desk, saying he has a special column to write. He sits down at the typewriter and begins to type, but not before putting his hat on. After some time, Greg walks in and asks if there's any hot flashes to shake the world. Peter has a pencil in his mouth and says something that sounds like, Bullshit. And that's Greg exactly asks, what it sounded like. It sounded like went bullshit. <laughs> Peter takes a pencil out and explains that he's almost finished. He then asks Greg what's another way of saying someone is the best at his job. Greg thinks for a moment, says, outstanding. But Peter explains that he's already used that one. Greg thinks again and comes back with super and terrific. But Peter explains that he's used them too. Greg, not feeling challenged, suggests head and shoulders above the crowd. 
Peter finally excited says, hey, that's great. As Peter begins typing again, Greg notices the stack of papers sitting on the desk that Peter's already worked on and begins reading them. But he finds something that catches his eye and begins to read. There have been many great men in our country, Washington, Lincoln, but we have a man in our school who is just as great, Mr. Price. Greg then realizes what he just read and exclaims, Mr. Price? Peter then hands him the carbon copy in case he wants to read it. Greg can't believe his eyes, telling Peter that when he had him, they called him Mr. Sourpuss. Bobby tells Greg that it's simply the way they saw him, and immediately runs off to get the paper to his editor. Greg, still shocked, reads, Washington, Lincoln, and Mr. Price? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I noticed a few things on this scene. <clears throat> One is Cindy looks off camera a lot. <laughs> like there's something distracting her. There was something distracting her by the cameras because she kept glancing that direction. Um, yeah. But also, did you notice that Bobby's T-shirt spontaneously changes color? You know, I didn't notice that. Like when they go <laughs> over to the dresser, right? And they're dealing with the candy and stuff like that. His shirt changes <clears throat> from green to almost the same color as the the blue bed sheets. So do you mean like wardrobe messed up and gave him a different shirt or like the color in the film or whatever messed up? No, it had to have been, um, it had to have been wardrobe because I rewound it thinking exactly what you're thinking to see if the color of the sheets had, had changed because that would indicate that it was like a white balance problem or something like that. Right. But the, the color of the sheets remained the same. So they walk over to the dresser and they show Peter talking and then they cut to Cindy and Bobby and Bobby's wearing like a blue shirt with white stripes on it. And then mm. they cut to Peter again. They show Bobby and Cindy again, and he's wearing that same blue shirt and it's the, almost the same color. You can see the bed sheets on the top bunk behind him. Then they show Peter and then they show the wide shot and Bobby's back to wearing a green shirt again. Hmm. Cause I wouldn't be surprised at all. If it was like a color balance issue, because this whole episode seemed completely fucked up as far well, as the, like the bed sheets video was colors. shitty. I know, but the whole the, this episode the video was really bad. In mm-hmm. one scene, the audio was really fucking terrible. Yeah, like I don't know what happened this week. Um, but also, uh, why is the typewriter up in in the boys' room? So he could type. But what I mean. Again, going back to the whole thing where he can work in the den, like, does he really want to lug? Because I don't know if you've used a manual typewriter, but they're heavy. <laughs> yeah. So he had to carry that thing all the way upstairs when he, he could have just carried it into the den. <laughs> I mean, it already had a place yes. in there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, Why does Peter still have his jacket on? <laughs> Peter wears his jacket through most of the scene. Why? You're inside the house now. <laughs> And it's not like he had just got home because he's up in his room contemplating and thinking. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're thinking with a jacket on? Might as well put Greg's robe on. Um, <laughs> um, but isn't, I mean, thinking as a sibling, isn't Peter afraid that, that Bobby and Cindy are going to see his hiding spot for his candy bars? Weren't they just sitting on the dresser, though? No, they're in his top dresser drawer. Oh. But I mean, I would yeah. half expect him to say, okay, stand outside and I'll get the candy bars. I don't want you to see where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably be gone by tomorrow. <laughs> but and the last thing I wrote is these shots were blurry and kind of sucked. Yeah, this whole episode was yeah, yeah. horrible shit all through it. Yeah. So I was always curious about this. Like, so the boys have a TV in their room, but the girls don't? Yeah. Well, the boys didn't always have a TV in their room. 
It just no. showed up all of a sudden. Well, it's been in there in a few episodes. You see it up there. Yeah. So because I had mentioned it one time before and we had reasoned that, well, maybe it's a portable TV and they just move it around the house. Yeah. But hmm. Hmm. all right. <clears throat> Scene 17 in the girl's room. We see Marsha practicing with her puppets again. Hmm. One puppet says, good morning, Mr. Price. And Mr. Price answers, what is so good about it? May I ask? Jan stops her telling her that she can see her lips moving. Marsha gets slightly frustrated, telling Jan it's not easy to talk with your mouth closed. Hmm. Just then, Greg walks in. He has a paper in his hand saying, Marsha, Jan, you have to read this. You're not going to believe it. They quietly read it and begin laughing with a Mr. Price. Hmm. Marsha holds up her puppet and has it say, I'm Mr. Price, and even I don't believe it. (laughs) Greg tells the puppet, I don't blame you, just as Mike walks in. He immediately tells Greg, I thought you were going to take care of the back lawn this afternoon. Greg, still laughing, tells him, "Uh, yeah, right away. Mike notices the girls laughing at the paper and asks what's so funny. The girls tell him this is and tells Mike to read it. Marsha tells him it's Scoop Brady's latest column. Mike glances at it and says, you mean we got an Art Buckwald in this family? Mm -hmm. Do you know who Art Buckwald was? No, I have no idea. He was a um, <clears throat> uh, a sat a sat satirist, satirist, whatever. He wrote satire for like articles for the Washington Post about um, political stuff and that kind of thing. Greg, not knowing what the fuck he's talking about, simply says, "Not sure." Look, <laughs> it was mm. awesome. He's like, "Oh, we got Art Buckwald in his family." Greg's like, "Not sure," but look, that was awesome. <laughs> Mike reads it with everyone giggling. And obviously doesn't get the joke. He simply says, I don't think I've gotten to the funny part yet. Hmm. Greg explaining that it's all funny. If you know, Mr. Price, Marsha explains that he's the dullest. Hmm. Jan Jan joins in saying, I won't even have Mr. Price until next year, but everyone in the school knows how dull he is. Hmm. Greg takes his shot at explaining the humor, telling Mike that Mr. Price is the type of guy that tells the class jokes in Latin. And all semester, only one kid laughed, and he was Italian. Mike laughs at Greg's... What's that? I don't get that. Well, because Italian is Latin-based? Right. I I mean, I kind of get that, but I don't know. I thought that was a weird joke. Yeah, it wasn't that funny. But (laughs) racism. (laughs) Mike laughs at Greg's joke. He admits that perhaps they're being a bit hard on Mr. Price. Greg tells Mike it's not that he's a bad teacher. He just has a little trouble getting through to the kids. Mike's still a bit confused, hands the paper back to Greg, telling him, well, according to this, he seems to have gotten through to Peter. (laughs) Mike then leaves, but not before telling Greg not to forget the lawn. After Mike leaves, Jan asks, do you think Peter actually thinks he's great? Greg answers, telling the girls, are you kidding? He's got to have some reason for writing this article. Hmm. Hmm. (sighs) So this this is the scene where Mike's wearing the hang ten tee. It is, yeah. I noticed clothing. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Um, Marsha isn't even trying to talk with her mouth closed, like at all. Like, no, she's she's not even talking a completely normal. Jan's like, I can see your mouth moving. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, it was, bitch. But that that joke is so much funnier 
if you notice how Marsh is not even trying to talk with her mouth closed, that makes that joke a lot funnier. <laughs> um, yeah, I put on there Mike busting out with the Hang 10 t-shirt again. Um, I love how Greg doesn't get that joke. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I don't know, but look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but also, Mike's laugh looks fake as hell. What? Don't talk bad about Robert Reed. Oh, he looked fake as hell. Hmm. It looked like he was gonna just gonna like make like a deadpan face after getting laughing. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Scene eighteen. Down the kitchen, we see Carol going through Peter's jacket for some reason. As she does this, she finds the exam paper. She opens it up, holds it up, and says, "D." <laughs> Alice comes over. Alice runs over. Yeah, she does. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> not not at all nosy asking what it is carol holds it up saying look what i found in peter's jacket it's his science test i thought it hadn't even been graded yet <laughs> alice stares at it blankly saying oh my and d doesn't stand for dandy and alice is <laughs> well, maybe it does <laughs> 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 my only point, my only um, note is way to build trust going through your kid's stuff, girl. <laughs> yep. I don't know. They could have played it up like it fell out, but it looked like she was going yeah. through his jacket. And and, and Grant, it would have been different if she was in the laundry room. I get <laughs> it. If they showed Alice in the laundry room and all of a sudden she was going through thing because they leave stuff in their jacket, I totally get it. But Carol was straight up going through her son's jacket, and that's messed up. <laughs> yep. Scene 19. In the den, we see Mike and Carol talking. Carol begins saying, no wonder he was being so evasive about it. Mike chimes in saying, he's not excusing Peter, but it isn't easy telling your parents about bad grades. Carol thinks out loud, reasoning that he's a good student, and she bets Peter hasn't studied at all. Hmm. Nothing gets by Carol Tech. <laughs> Mike then starts putting two and two together, saying, you know, it's ironic that Peter wrote an article about Mr. Price making him sound like a cross between Albert Einstein and Albert Schweitzer. Do you know who Albert Schweitzer was, Tech? I used to know. I just forgot. He was a um, uh, like a, a the- theologian. Like he studied sure. like religion and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Simpleton Carol reckons that he wrote this before he got the D. Hmm. But Mike stops saying no. He wrote it after. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mike's bullshit detector is going off. His bullshit detector is like like deafening right now. Hmm. Carol, wanted, want, Carol wanted Peter to write so bad that she was not willing to make him stop and study. Hmm. Like she was telling him, I don't forget you have exams, but she never once made sure that he was studying. Because she was so nope. blinded by him being a writer like his mommy. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think of that. So I, in my opinion, this is partially Carol's fault. <laughs> she should have done a better job. You think everything is Carol's fault. Yep. Because I don't like her. <laughs> Scene 20. We're up in the boys' room. We see Peter sitting on his bed with Mike standing next to him. Peter asked Mike how he found the test. Mike explains that he left it in his jacket pocket. Peter simply says, oh. He then begins to explain that it was a tough test and to ask any of the other kids. Mike tells him he's sure it was. He goes on to explain to Peter, your mother and I wouldn't mind a D so much, especially your mother, if we thought you had done your very best. (laughs) (laughs) 
But you didn't, did you? Peter sheepishly shakes his head, saying no. Mike then hits his ego where it hurts, telling him that it was spending too much time being scoop-fucking-Brady reporter and not enough time being Peter Brady, student. Peter is speechless and says, I'm sorry, but can't find any other words to say. Mike takes a slow cross to the other side of Peter and begins saying, Listen, about this article you wrote this afternoon about Mr. Price. Peter seems embarrassed, asking, You know about that too? Mike confirms he does and asks Peter if that was like his column says, the whole truth. Or was that just a snow job in the hopes of getting Mr. Price to give you a better grade on your report card? Peter quietly answers, snow job, I guess. Mike then begins explaining to Peter there's a thing called power of the press. And with the use of that power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Peter thinks for a moment and tells Mike, I guess I wasn't very responsible, was I? Mike tells him, no, you weren't. Mike then brings it home, telling Peter that writing nice things just to get personal reward isn't exactly honest reporting. Peter, feeling bad, asks Mike what he can do now. He's already turned the column in. Mike simply pats him on the leg, telling him, I'm sure you'll think of something. I put on here another great scene from Mike. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you look at the way the scenes, like I, I'm still convinced that from an acting standpoint that Mike or, or that Robert reconstructs these scenes with the boys a certain way, because mm. you can see three distinct scenes within this one scene, you know, where he, because it's, I guess it's hard for a, a, a child that young to get a sweep of emotions across a certain scene. So it's almost like Mike or like Robert Reed re- rehearsed it in three sections you know, and then mm. almost told the kids, okay, we want you to act this way in this scene. You know what I mean? And then just join the scenes together. Cause if you go back and watch it, it's almost like there's either a pause or in this, in this scene, it's a, either a, a blocking move or a camera move to separate those three distinct scenes that are in this one scene. So I don't know. I'm always mm. fascinated by Mike scenes like this with the boys. I think he does a really good job of them. So. Yeah, for sure. But also, Man, Peter has some thick corduroy pants. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't notice. I mean, those were like Slim Jims running on his legs. It was <laughs> <Jim>. crazy. <laughs> so this is one of the scenes where the audio was terrible. It was it like was, super yeah. muddy. Yeah, it was right. just really bad. So, which we mentioned before, and I mentioned again as I was talking, this is Mike quoting Uncle Ben, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And then I didn't put two and two together saying like Peter Parker kind of thing. Yeah. Although Peter Parker was just a photographer. He wasn't a reporter. But he still worked for the newspaper. Yeah. So I wonder, is do you think this is like maybe a nod to like Stan Lee and like Spider-Man anything? Maybe? It could be because I think Spider-Man came out way before the Brady Bunch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Spider-Man so was it, like, yeah. Probably it a could have couple been. of decades before. This. Yeah. It could have been. I don't know. Or maybe hmm. Spider-Man. No, Spider-Man came out in the 60s, I think. So, I mean, it was before this, for sure. Hmm. I don't know. Huh. You'd think IMDb would be on Johnny on the spot with that shit. You would think, but apparently IMDb is IMDF. <laughs> IMDb. Sorry. IMDb don't. I don't know. IMDb not knowing. Sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, scene 21. 
Back at the school, we see Mr. Price standing at his desk, putting items into his briefcase when Peter walks in. Peter closes the door and seems to startle Mr. Price. <laughs> Once Mr. Price notices him, he greets him with a, yes, Peter. Peter simply says, good morning, Mr. Price. I guess I'm a bit early. Mr. Price looks at his watch and says, you are indeed. Our class doesn't occur for another three hours. <laughs> Peter nervously begins to talk, saying, sir, I have to talk to you about something. Mr. Price gives Peter his attentions by shutting his briefcase and sitting at his desk saying, proceed. Peter begins, I wrote a column about you. It's coming out in the paper. And some of the things I said, I didn't really mean. Mr. Price. Fuck. <laughs> What's that? It's just so messed up. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, did you write some bad shit about you? Oh like, no, it's really nope. good. I think you're an asshole. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Price simply says, Oh, Peter continues saying, I said you were the greatest teacher in the world. I didn't really mean the greatest. I meant fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Price gives Peter a blank. Seriously, face. Peter realizes how it sounded and changes his mind, saying, well, not really fantastic, more like terrific. But Peter gets hmm. the seriously face again, which forces him to change his mind again. This time, Mr. Price butts in, saying, I know what you meant, Peter. Mr. Price then opens a folder, saying, I believe this is the article to which you are referring. Peter, who seems shocked, asks Mr. Price how he got it. Mr. Price tells him that it's the newspaper's procedure. An editor has to verify factual data before it's printed. Peter, seeing what happened, simply says, oh. Mr. Price then stands up and launches into an explanation, saying, Peter, I've been a teacher for too long not to recognize the soft soap job. Peter corrects him, saying, snow job. Without missing a beat, Mr. Price says, snow job, soft soap, whatever. Your flattery was as transparent as the membraneous appendage on a lepidoptera. I say that right? I uh, don't. I, sure. Nailed it. Lepidoptera. Yeah. Um, your flattery was as transparent as the membraneous append. What's that? Lepidoptera. If That's you wrote it phonetically. It. I, I'm just reading it phonetically. I don't know. Um, your flattery was as transparent as the membranous appendage of a lepidoptera. Peter, completely confused, asks, a what? Hmm. Mr. Price explains the wing of a butterfly. He goes on to explain lepidoptera is the scientific name for butterfly. You should have known that, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter admits that he thought he was being subtle. Mr. Price <laughs> takes a beat and explains that he can read between the lines. I take it from this that my students find me somewhat remote and lacking in wit. Peter, impressed by Mr. Price's analysis, says, boy, you really can read between the lines. <laughs> Mr. Price goes on admitting that perhaps he does have some problems of communication. Peter, starting to feel bad, tells him that just with those Greek and Latin words he uses, kids have to almost be professors to understand. Mr. Price smiles and looks at Peter, finally admitting, perhaps we've both learned something from this experience. Peter smiles and says, yes, sir. As he begins to rip up the article, 
Before leaving, Peter stops Mr. Price, asking him, if you can give me a hint as to what his final grade of the semester will be. Mr. Price tells him, you get exactly what you deserve, Peter. Hmm. Peter tells him, that's exactly what I was afraid of. And begins to walk out of the class. Mr. Price smiles. <laughs> so, so funny. After that scene, my son was like, he thought he was being subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually started to feel bad for Mr. Price. I thought he was, he sounds to me like a great teacher because it sounds like he's firm but fair. And well, he, he wasn't going to like be like, oh, well, you did your best. Here, I'll go yeah. ahead and give you an A. You know, he was like, no, you get exactly what you deserve. Like, this That's might it. be a, this might be a Jimmyism, and I got a feeling you're gonna be like, "What?" But he <laughs> reminds me of Mr. Feeney. Well, yeah, I get that because he's like very proper, and uh, well, he's proper, and he's kind of a a hard ass. Um, but he at least got through to to Peter. Like, if mm-hmm. in some of the early days of that show, like not everybody liked Mr. Feeney, but he seemed to get through to the one kid. So, yeah, it seems like a hard ass, but he was firm. But he also. Mr. Price like also took criticism and was mm-hmm. like, Oh, perhaps you're right. You know, maybe I'll work on that. And right. it wasn't just like, get out of here, kid. I'm just waiting for retirement. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's also kind of like that teacher from uh the Wonder Years. Which one was that? The one spoiler alert that passes away. The one that kind of looks like Freddy Krueger. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oh, Anyways. It's been a while. Yeah. Scene twenty two. In the den, we see Peter walk in with the school books. He puts them down on the chair and walks up to greet Mike with a, Hi, Dad. Mike somewhat loudly greets him with a, Hello, Peter. Peter tells Mike, I just wanted you to know that I talked to Mr. Price and told him what I did. Mike proudly says, Well, I'm glad, son. That took courage to do that. Peter goes on to tell Mike that, for now, he's not going to take any more candy bars or movie passes or anything else, no matter what I write in my column. Mike proudly answers, boy, I bet you feel better about that, don't you? Peter admits he does, especially about Mr. Price, and also admits that he was really nice. <laughs> that rhymed. Mike <laughs> takes this all in and tells Peter that he feels better about that, too. Peter, somewhat surprised and happy to hear this, asks Mike if he can hold that feeling until the science grade comes out. Mike looks puzzled and irritated, but finally can't hold in his laughter and begins to chuckle. Mm. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the scene, why did Mike answer hello, Peter, so loudly? <laughs> he like know. shouts it. He's like, hello, Peter. Like, Jesus, <laughs> really? Like, it might have just um, been the bad audio again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was him getting frustrated how bad the audio was. Um, <laughs> But also, um, I have to admit that did take balls for Peter to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, and it got me thinking about it. Like, perhaps Peter should have written an article, like about Mister Price, and maybe about maybe from Mister Price's side, and you know some of the struggles that Mister Price has dealt with as a teacher, so that the students could see, wow, he actually like this. He struggles with this. Like, this is a real thing, you know. Because hmm. then maybe the kids would pay a little bit more attention or ask more questions in class or. I don't know. It might start some dialogue between. I mean, Peter could have used this for the better, you know, but hindsight is power for good. Yeah. Hindsight's a bitch. <laughs> hmm. All right. Scene 23. 
up in the master bedroom where the magic happens. We see Mike sitting at a desk signing what looks like report cards. He then quips that he's probably the only parent in the neighborhood that gets writer's cramp signing report cards. (laughs) Because there's a lot of kids. (laughs) Carol crosses to the bed and begins getting ready, explaining that the kids did all right, even counting Peter's problem with Mr. Price. Mike agrees, saying he got a C. Mike goes on to say altogether they got 12 A's, 29 B's, and only 7 C's. Hmm. Carol reacts to to this nerdy display at keeping track of this with a, well, that's a good average. Mike kisses Carol goodnight with a night, honey, and turns to go to sleep. You know, because he works. Yeah. Carol lays back in bed, sighs, and says, well, I'd give it a C. Mike sits up confused, saying, you'd give what a C? Carol answers, that kiss. I'd give it a C. Mike smiles and asks for a chance to improve his grade. Carol nods and says, that seems fair. Mike sits up, smiles, makes out with Carol for a moment. Carol nods her head and says, yes, that is definitely a B. Hmm. Mike, not shocked. He got such a, <laughs> he got such a low grade, simply asks B. Carol tells Mike that she calls on, she calls him. Oh, okay. Carol tells Mike that she calls him how she feels him. Mike then asks her, how about another chance for a willing pupil? Carol tells him fire when ready, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Mike gets up, walks down the street to the black chick's house. Mike rolls over, <laughs> shuts the light off, makes out with Carol once again. Carol looks at him and says, now that's an A. And they make out some more. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. They do. They do freeze frame at the end of it. Yeah, they do. They make out. She's like, well, I give that a C. And he goes, I'll give you a big fat D. And she was (laughs) like, oh. I thought Mike was, I put on one of my notes is I thought Mike was going to throw the bed sheet up and start, start scooting down towards the bottom of the bed. All right, bitch. All right. I'm going to play this game. It's kind of gross because they were kind of role playing there. So I was like, oh my God, are they role playing? Well, and they're role playing about a teacher humping a student. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alice he is says, down in her room. Willing pupil. Like, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Alice is down in her room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles, stop. <laughs> Why, yes, I did just get off duty. <laughs> And speaking of duty, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. That's <laughs> okay. I put my hand up your bottom. Now it's your turn. <laughs> That's gross, oh Tack. Why do you say stuff like that? It's nasty. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Jesus and baby Jesus. Oh, God. So, yes. Yeah. That was fun. Yep, that was fun. So, you know, Jimmy, you know what we did here today. We had a good time. Don't be offended. We do love the show, and we are not racist or sexist. No, we are not. We'd like to personally thank our producers from Patreon. Without mm-hmm. you, this could not be possible. Yeah, and I'd like to do a personal shout-out to our OPs, Jenny OP. and Jim. Jimmy, let's uh, do like Mr. Price and hand out some homework assignments. Okay. Number one. Check out the website www.averybradypodcast.com. 
dot com. <laughs> World Wide Web dot <laughs> dot company. Hypertext transfer protocol colon backslash backslash. <laughs> You can also do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or CastBox. Tell two friends about the show. Or, you know, if you don't like the show, tell two enemies. <laughs> but if you don't like the show, you're probably not listening to this anyway. So, you know. yeah. And fuck you. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join on the conversation and the fun. And real quick, <laughs> yeah, I think we have some people in the Facebook group that don't read the cover art and don't realize that it's for a podcast because it clearly <laughs> says right at the top a very Brady podcast. It says that right in the art. Right. And I think they think that it's just some kind of Brady bunch group. Yeah. I mean, it's and, called a very Brady Facebook group and like, I mean, they obviously don't listen to the show. So fuck no, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do apologize to some of the, the, cause there's some, some people that listen to the show that post some things on there. That's funny. That's like, Allison change. That was hilarious. Right. And then we have these Debbie Downers that want to pop in and say, well, you guys don't respect the show, blah, blah, blah. I, I, on behalf of, of, I apologize them on behalf of the show. I, I, I mean, I apologize to people that are posting it and having fun for the yeah. Debbie Downers coming in like that. That's perhaps, and maybe that's me and Tex, you know, fault. Maybe we need to have a better description saying that it's for the podcast. I think the description does describe the podcast. I think. I'll it, okay. Check. Well, then shame on them for not reading it. Maybe so, we'll maybe we'll do a post and just put it out to everybody going, hey, this is for a podcast. Yeah. But either way, I do apologize for the people posting that stuff. You know, I, I, we didn't mean to make it sound like, you know, people are Debbie Downers and coming in like that. So, yeah, I do all apologize. you listeners, yeah, all you listeners out there, you're doing a fantastic job. Don't yeah. stop what you're doing. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I apologize to the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we've sure. said repeatedly. We're on like, your side. <laughs> we tell the last thing we say every week is go watch the Brady Bunch. That's <laughs> one of the last things we say. And we put a lot of work into the show. We wouldn't do it if we didn't love the show. But if you can't take a joke on a show that was a comedy, <laughs> right? Then, you know what? Then, then you're probably yelling at your kids for being on your yard anyway. So just, <laughs> anyways, <clears throat> I just wanted to to spread that, like you know, for sure. All right. If you'd like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Also, check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. And follow us on Facebook to get real-time updates, like if we're going to be late on a release, that's where you'll find out. And the very last thing, you know, we say this because we hate the show. Yeah. Don't watch the Brady Bunch. And, please, please, please. And Tack will give you uh, the next thing that you can watch. All right, so your next homework assignment is on the next episode, Season 3, Episode 20, called Sergeant Emma. Alice's cousin Emma, a former master sergeant, takes Alice's place when she is away, and she subjects the Bradys to demanding military-like routine that makes them feel like they've been drafted into the army. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. You mean the army? Yeah. The er army. <laughs> okay. It's a fun episode. I like it. It's when uh, Amby Davis plays the identical cousin. Oh, yeah. Emma. So... And, and once again, before we leave, I, I got to say again, I'm really excited about this new network. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check out uh, the retronetwork.com and uh, see the other stuff they got going on. And they, they've already told us about some things that are in the works that they want to do and some ideas they have and stuff. And I'm telling you I know. Guys, I'm like, excited about yeah, what we, they've already offered us already. We've only, we're not even a, really 100% officially with them yet, but they're already like teasing us with shit. And we're like, yeah. damn, yeah. it's going to be good. Tech and I were kind of, we weren't really looking for another podcast group uh but we kind of came across this and um 
Gross. We started talking to him, and uh, one thing went to another, and now we're, you know, I have little babies. So it's going to be <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're super nice. They're super cool. They're very welcoming. And uh, this isn't going to affect the show in any way. The only way it's going to affect the show is stuff you're listening to. and Or not stuff you're listening to, commercials you're hearing and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, we highly encourage you to check out some of the other shows. Because if you like this one, you're going to like the rest of them. And that's why we're in the network in the first place. So just wanted to throw that out there. Indeedy. Cool. So do you have anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Cool. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I have been Tack. And this has been a very brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.